Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you are tuned in to Calvary Live. I want to welcome everyone this afternoon to today's program. And I am your host, Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. And I am here for the next hour, ready to answer your questions and to take your prayer requests. And you just heard the number as we open the show. It is 303-690-3000 for you to call and to be able to ask your questions and to be able to give your prayer requests. And that's what Calvary Live is all about, uh, for us to go to the Word of God together, to be able to uh, go to God's truth, uh, to get the answers uh, that uh, we are looking for from God's Word, and uh, to give you clarity and understanding. And that's our desire here for the next hour. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. Grab one of those open lines. There is another means for you to be able to ask a question or to be able to uh, uh, to uh, ask uh, for prayer as well. It's through a dedicated text line, and it's for texting only. No one will answer that line. You cannot leave a message, but you can text. Make sure that you're safe. And that number is 720-336-0897, 720-336-0897. And so perhaps you're new to Calvary Live. Uh, maybe uh, you're wondering what this show is about. It's a desire f- for um, for us to bless you and, and do the best we can uh, to answer your questions and to also pray for you because we have a lot of prayer needs right now, don't we? And uh, I want to start out the show uh, by just praying for those in El Paso and Dayton, Ohio. I do want to welcome all those that are listening live on Grace FM along the Front Range in Colorado and uh, Southern Colorado, all the way up into Northern Colorado, into Wyoming and parts of the Panhandle, Nebraska. Welcome, welcome. You're listening live on this afternoon, and I want to welcome all those who are on the East Coast, uh, Hope, Hope FM and Truth FM, uh, as you're listening in. You are a week delayed in the broadcast, but you can call it that number, 303-690-3000. And I'd uh, love to uh, be able to answer your questions and take your prayer requests. And so give me a call. It's such a blessing to be a part of your life and to be able to bless you in any way. Also, I just want to welcome all the online listeners we have people as the online listening uh, and uh, those who are picking us up as they're listening on their computers, on their apps, uh, to be able to call in at the same number. So uh, we want to uh, be able to welcome you as well. And such a blessing. Uh, as I said, I'd like to start the show by praying this weekend. I think that all of us were just very um, heavily um, you know, burdened with uh, the shootings that took place in El Paso and Dayton, Ohio. Um, it just, um, we we grieve. We grieve for our nation. We grieve when these things happen. Uh, in our own state of Colorado, we've seen it too many times. And uh, But we do want to go to prayer. We want to continue to pray 
for the first responders, for the families that have lost loved ones, for those who are in the hospital, uh, those who have been uh, just affected by this tragedy uh, of the shooting that took place in El Paso. The last I saw, 22 that were killed and a number of them uh, injured uh, in, in Dayton. Uh, the, the death toll is, uh, I believe, around 10, 9 or 10. And so we want to just continue to pray. We want to pray for the churches down there. I know the pastors are asking for prayer and the chaplains that are uh, ministering to the people uh, in their communities and also to the first responders. So, Lord, we do pray. We take time out in the beginning of this show, and we want to pray for for those in El Paso, those in Dayton. And, Lord, um, it reaches far beyond that. It, It touches our whole nation. But we do want to pray for uh, those who have experienced loss through this tragedy. Um, and we pray that uh, you would just bring comfort to them. And e- even in the darkest and darkest of times, that light can come to them. And I pray that it does through um, the Christians and through the, the love of the community coming together. And, Lord, I do pray for uh, the first responders, all those involved. I pray for the hospital staff that uh, had to take all this trauma people coming in it affects uh, so many people it's so far reaching Um, so lord we just lift up this whole situation and um, not only in el paso but in dayton as well and lord we just pray that there be um, just a turning to you we need your help and we need your comfort as a nation and i pray that it would cause us to cry out to you Lord, just be um, with um, everyone involved, and and particularly the churches that are bringing a message of hope and a message of light and a message of comfort through Jesus Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, keep praying, folks. Let's keep praying for our nation. Um, These are perilous times uh, that we are in, and we see all around us, and it breaks our hearts. Um, But we want to be light. We want to bring a message of comfort. And uh, we want to uh, point people to our hope, and that is Jesus Christ and the gospel message. So um, let's let's continue to just encourage each other in that in the days in which we're living in. Um, also, I uh, want to pray for as kids are going to be heading back to school. I know in Aurora you've started uh, all along the Front Range here in the next week or so. we got kids here in the Greeley area starting. Please pray for those students, pray for those schools, pray for teachers, you know, Christian teachers, that they can be a light. we got a lot of praying to do, folks. And, and if you need prayer or want to pray about those things, please give me a call at 303-690-3000. Uh, we still got an open line, but let's go ahead. Let's go to line one in John and Comrade City. Hi, John. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Pastor Jeff. Great show. Thanks for hosting. Thank you. Thanks uh, for calling. I, I, I was wondering, um, you just mentioned that we live in perilous times, and indeed we do. Um, and just some of the recent news, I was just wondering in my Bible study how a Christian should look at the death penalty and capital punishment. Um, I know it was used in the Old Testament, like stoning and stuff, but I know in the New Testament we're called to not seek revenge or vengeance, and that justice belongs to the Lord. Um, I'm just wondering on your take on how a Christian should view that, the death penalty. Yeah, and there's, you know, the the Bible does. God instituted the death penalty with the children of Israel when they went into the promised land and uh, for murder, uh, for other crimes as well. And uh, so that was instituted. 
uh, also, you know, as we look at that, so uh, many Christians are, you know, uh, have the uh, view of the death penalty as something that uh, God had instituted, and he did. Uh, but we also know, uh, as you go to the New Testament, that you remember that it was the religious leaders that brought that woman caught in a very act of adultery, and, and they said she should be stoned. Um, and um, what saith thou, teacher? And you, you know the story there in John's Gospel, how he wrote on the ground, and then he stood up and he said, He who is without sin cast the first stone. So there are those who believe that that story teaches that um, you know there should not be any death penalty, that you know grace should be extended. So Christians have different views. Um, and you know, I, I think that God instituted the death penalty, um, and there's basis for that. Um, so, um, you know, I, I, it, it's just different. It's a debate, um, and uh, it's a debate, you know, that we have in our culture and in our society as well. And um, but it is something, the death penalty that God instituted, uh, that we see with the nation of Israel. Cool. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. That does clarify it a little bit, um, just the fact yeah. that God instituted But I know, what about, like, not seeking vengeance and all that? Well, you got to remember, John, that the death penalty was not in place to seek vengeance. Um, it was a punishment for a crime. And what they had in the Old Testament is they had these uh, cities of refuge. So if something happened, uh, let's say two guys are working in a field, and one of them swings, you know, their pick and hits the guy next to him accidentally. And it was an accident, and it, it, it happened. What they had is they had these different cities of refuge that you can go to and run to, and you were safe in that city until your case was heard. Because remember back in the ancient times, they didn't have a police force like what we have. Um, and they so, you know, you had to bring your, um, you know, uh, that person before the judges in any case, or the judges of the city had to determine a case. And so if, you know, you don't, you're there, this accident happened, you could go to the city of refuge. So the, the you know, avenger of blood is what they called them, wouldn't just uh, get vengeance. So um, they had things in place that, uh, you know, there was a court system, there was the case that was to be heard. As long as you were in that city of refuge, that avenger of blood could not get to you, and then the case was heard. Now, if the case was heard by the judges, and indeed it was premeditated murder, then they would carry out the sentence of, of putting that person to death. Um, but um, they had things in place so vengeance wouldn't happen. And in the New Testament, the Lord says, you know, vengeance is mine. Um, and in that, what he's saying for us as Christians, that we don't want to be vengeful, and we have things in our place, in our uh, court system, that, um, you know, the legal system can play out. But I think for, for Christians, um, the Lord says, don't be vengeful. Um, you know, I'm the one um, that will deal with that. He's saying, don't you mess with it because you can't handle it. And I think that can be in an everyday life, being vengeful towards somebody who hurt you or somebody who abandoned you or somebody that, you know, did something rotten to you, we can be vengeful. And so, you know, that's that's what I take from the New Testament when he says that. But in the Old Testament, they did have things in place um, that, 
vengeance wouldn't come just from that person that says, I'm going to get you because this happened to my relative. There was a legal process. Well, thank you, Pastor okay. Jeff. That really clarifies it a lot. Um, great show. Thanks, Thanks John. Thanks for calling. Keep listening. Keep calling in with your questions. So 303-690-3000, you're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs, and i uh, love to talk with you. Good question from John, and uh, our lines were full, but when somebody hangs up, that means that there's an open line. So keep coming to questions, coming to prayer requests, and uh, I'll do my best to just pray for you and, and, uh, and to be able to take you to the Word of God. And uh, it's wonderful to get the answers from the Lord. Well, let's go to Sherry in Loveland. Hi, Sherry. Hi, Pastor Jeff. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. You got a question for me? I do. Um, I am just looking if there is a biblical view on common law marriage. Yeah, and, you know, there's... Common law marriage is, you know, it's different for every state, and that is a couple that perhaps have lived together um, for a certain amount of time. They have property together. Um, Common law is usually put in place to put some kind of protection if there's a separation. And um, so after a certain amount of years, I can't remember in Colorado, I think it's seven years, is that— No, it's uh, five. It's five. Five years? Five years? Yeah. Yeah, it's— it's different in every state that you can have okay. a common law marriage. What I see in the scripture, Sherry, is that God puts an emphasis on the um, on the marriage of uh, the marriage ceremony. We see that the very first uh, 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 miracle that Jesus did was what at a wedding, and so that that was very serious in Israel in the Old Testament. Uh, we know that in ancient Israel. Uh, the marriage ceremony was very much a public setting. It was a declaration of two people coming together. And so there is that coming before God, even as we have the definition of marriage is given to us. back Clear back in the garden in Genesis chapter 2, that a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. I, I think the, the, the thing with common law of marriage is um, the difference is, is the state is declaring you married rather than when you make a commitment to each other and you come together and stand before God and you say, we are making this commitment one to another. I think there is a difference in that. Now, the state may consider you married um, in a common law marriage. There's no certificate, you know, but um, how people end up you know, doing their taxes and stuff. Uh, I, I know that people uh, will go up sometimes in the mountains and they'll, you know, be at a special place and they'll declare themselves married. Uh, we we did that before God. But I see in the scriptures that that public um, setting and, and before witnesses is, I believe, important to God and a commitment that you mutually are um, coming before God and those witnesses, and you're making that decision that we're going to commit to each other uh, for the rest of our lives. This is God's will for us. We're going to cling to each other as long as we both shall live. And, and that's what I think is the difference um, than a common-law marriage where the state comes along and says, well, we're going to declare you married uh, because you know you, you have been living together and stuff. 
Um, I think uh, particularly, especially for Christians, that the Lord desires for them to come uh, before him in that ceremony, in that public ceremony. Does that help, Okay, that, that helped me totally. I mean, yes, you answered my question totally, and I really appreciate and, it. You know, Sherry, one of the things, too, um, just kind of uh, being in ministry for 27 years, I don't hear a whole lot about common-law marriage today. And I think in our culture, it's it's very acceptable for couples to live together, uh, to call them my partner or whatever it may be, um, and how that all works, the state at one time declaring them to be common-law marriage. But I think that a lot of those laws came along, along to protect, you know, the particularly, not always, but protect the spouse if, you know, you're living together and you're together and have a life together and you have kids together and all of that, that all of a sudden one leaves, the common law marriage brings some protection, I believe, in that. And I'm not an expert on law and all of that, but I think that's one of the reasons why the states have put that in. You know, as Christians— um, and I pray that everyone who's listening, um, that we never buy into what culture says, that it's okay to live together as a couple. Um, it's not okay. The God has called us to holiness, and that that commitment to marriage um, is very, very important. And it's very important to God because he calls it a holy institution, and that it, it comes in that ceremony. It doesn't have to be a big wedding, but before witnesses and before God. And um, yeah, the state... Uh, we get wedding licenses, and we sign them, and the state recognizes it. But uh, to do it before God, I believe, is pleasing to God. All right, Sherry? Thank you very much. And that's what I want to do is do it before God. So thank you very much. Sherry, if you are, you know, not to get in a long discussion with you, but if you are looking oh. at getting married um, and before God, I will encourage you, get some premarital counseling. Uh, it is so important, and to be able to go through God's Word uh, about what He says about marriage, what the role of husbands and wives are, uh, what God says about love, communication, all those things, I, I really strongly recommend it, that premarital counseling is so important, especially in a day in which we're living in, because the world comes along and our culture comes along, and pollutes marriage, and redefines marriage, and looks, you know, even cheapens marriage uh, to some degree of, you know, it's just, oh, it's no big deal. If it doesn't work, we'll just separate or get divorced. No, this is a holy institution, that, and God takes marriage very, very serious. So I would encourage you, Sherry, if you can, get some premarital counseling. And that's just some advice from old Pastor Jeff. All right? All right. All righty. Thank you very much. You bet, Sherry. God bless you. Keep in touch. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye. God, bye-bye. God wants to bless our marriages, people. And it's so important. If you're listening and you're thinking of getting married, you know, and and get premarital counseling. Go to a church that's going to take you through the Scriptures, you know, and, and pray with you and to be able to go over what your expectations are. Uh, because once you get married, uh, you know, problems can happen because couples didn't think about this or they didn't understand their roles as husband and wives. Uh, God is the one that ordained marriage, not man. And he's the one that makes our marriages strong and, and keeps us together. So I strongly encourage you 
to get premarital counseling. We won't do uh, a wedding here unless a, a couple goes through that premarital counseling. And we don't do it to irritate people or to be legalistic. It's just wisdom. It just really is wisdom, especially in a day in which we're living in, that there's all kinds of definitions about marriage and a cup, you know, love and all these other things. We want to see what God's Word has to say about it. Um, and it's very important. So just a little word and encouragement to anyone who may be listening as going through that process. I know it will be a benefit and a blessing to you. Hey, uh, give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the number to call to be, to be on the air. And we've had great discussions so far, great questions. Let me give you that text line again. And that dedicated text line is 720-336-0897. If we have time in the show, we go to the text line. Don't see anything that has come in. So uh, maybe uh, as you're at home, I know uh, perhaps some of you are starting a new school year. You're getting a snack for the kids. Uh, Maybe you're at work and texting is a little bit better option. Uh, Again, I just want to stress, make sure you're in a safe place and uh, and text, and we'll be able to uh, look at those as we continue in the show. So, hey, let's continue on the phone lines. Let's go to J.D. Uh, in Greeley. Is it J.D.? Hi, J.D.? J.D.? Are you there? Hello? Okay, I don't know if they're ready, if they're listening, so... JD, um, we're trying to get you. I can hear some noise, um, maybe that you dropped. But she uh, had a question about uh, uh, treatment of women in North Korea. So if you can call me back and uh, and specifically uh, what you want to know, uh, we'll try to to answer that and try to show you what God's Word has to say about it. So 303-690-3000. we got a couple open lines, I believe. So uh, give me a call if you're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Biggs. Let's go to B in Arvada. Hello, B? Pastor. How are you, Hello. B? Um, Hello. I'm real depressed, really sad. Um, I'm sorry to hear I... that. Sorry? I- I'm sorry that you're going through that. Well, I have a son, 38 years old. He has had... Um, he got beat up really bad, but jumped by some people, and um, he had two strokes and swelling in the brain, and he came home after being two months in the hospital and rehab and everything, and now he has to feed two, and he can't eat anything or drink anything, and he has a family. He has three kids and wife and this, and it's oh, just no. really hard for me, you know, to... Huh? Absolutely. I want him, I want prayer for him. He has, excuse me, I'm sorry. He has paralysis no, on his left uh, vocal cord. And he wants to eat so bad, and he can't because it could be fatal. And I just want prayer that God will just uh, wake up that vocal cord and so he can eat again. Yeah, I am so sorry, B. I'm so sorry for your son, and I'm so sorry for his family, you, and I know it's heartbreaking to see this and the suffering that he's going through and and what has happened. And, um, you know, I, I was reading through Psalm 119 uh, this morning in my devotion, and uh, the portion that I read, uh, the psalmist says, My soul melts from heaviness, 
and strengthen me according to your word. And, and, and I just want to pray for you and um, give you the word that the Lord is with you. And he promises he'll never leave us or forsake us. Mm-hmm. And even in those times of the heaviness, you know, even as the psalmist, you know, and I believe that was David that wrote Psalm 119. I, I, I really believe that. But in the book of Romans, we have um, that promise given to us when we don't know what to pray. Um, and the Spirit uh, also helps in our weaknesses, for we don't know mm-hmm. what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. But I also want you to know this because it's such an incredible chapter that he goes on and he says, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine? And he goes, you know, yet all through these things we're more than conquerors to him who loved us. And he says, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels or principalities nor powers nor things present or things to come or height or death, or any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Listen, sometimes Mm -hmm. when we go through the tribulations, and you might have these thoughts, that where is your love, Lord? And, and, um, you know, they they think that the Lord has looked away or doesn't love them anymore. And I want you to know that he loves you, and he loves your son. And you keep calling out to him. Pardon me. Yeah. My and son died keep... twice, and they brought him back. And now yeah. he's even on a walker. He can't, He's barely picking baby steps in a walker in a wheelchair also. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really, really hard. I'm sorry. It sounds like you've been through a very difficult time, but I want you to know that the Lord is with you, and that's what I want to encourage. And in those times where you're overwhelmed and the heaviness, you mm-hmm. keep looking to God's Word. You know, and David would cry Mm -hmm. out that from the ends of the earth, I will cry out to you, O Lord, when my heart is overwhelmed. So, Father, I pray for B, and I just pray she's a brokenhearted mother, that um, her son has had two strokes, further complications, can't feed himself. I pray that, first of all, that you would minister to him physically. Lord, that you would make him stronger. Lord, that there's been complications, and Lord, you know what they are. And so, Father, we commit him to you, and we just pray that you would help his body to get stronger every single day, and Lord, minister to him mentally, physically, spiritually. And I just pray that you would be with B as well, as she grieves for her son, for her sons. Lord, it's been a very difficult season, and I, in the heaviness of her heart, that she would look to your word, she would look to your comfort, she would look to your love because your love has not been separated from her. And in those times that we're confronted with things that we don't understand, we can fall back on the things that we do understand. And that is that, Lord, that you're with her and that your promises are true for her. And as she cries out to you, even in those times when she doesn't know, in in the weakness of, of trying to form words, that the Spirit is there to help her, to make intercession, um, and to present them before the throne of God. So, Lord, show yourself strong on behalf of B for her family, for her mm-hmm. son. Lord, bring healing to him. Um, Lord, may she never lose hope, because there's always hope in Christ Jesus. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can I make a comment about something? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The reason this happened is because my son was stopped, trying to stop some teenagers from bullying. 
And all he wanted to do was tell him, you know, guys, back off and stop bullying. It's not worth it, you know. And and he went to go stop him, and they and he slipped on the grass where it was wet, and they just attacked mm. him. I'm and so this sorry, is because dude. of bullying, Pastor. And um, yeah. it just needs to stop, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I just want to talk, you know, say something to people out there that think it's right. It's not right, because right. this could be your family member, your son, your daughter. You know, people out there that are trying to think that they're all powerful. They're not. We have one yeah. powerful okay. person, and that's Lord. the Lord. That's the Lord. And, okay, and D, I B, we'll be praying. We're going to break. Again, I am so sorry. It's and we're okay. going to keep Thank praying. You. Keep God in touch you. with me, B, okay? God, okay. Hey, we'll be right back. We're going to go to a two-minute break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you are tuned in to Calvary Live. This is the second half of Calvary Live. We've had great discussions. And and Lord and the Lord just brought us some uh, some great conversation, and so give me a call if you got a question at 303-690-3000, but also we've been praying for those who are hurting. And again, B, if you're listening, so sorry for what you're going through, and the Lord loves you, and we're going to keep praying, and keep in touch with us, keep us updated. And uh, there's so much hurt in this world around us, and maybe perhaps you're experiencing some of that hurt, and we want to pray with you to go to the throne of grace uh, in time of need, and we're so privileged to do that. Um, I do want to uh, uh, remind you that uh, as we are heading back to school, and it's really heavy on my heart that we be praying for our students, and I know that uh, some along the metro area and the front range have started this week. <clears throat> it seems early, uh, but it's happening. And then in the weeks ahead, next week, later this week, um, the kids are going to be going back to school. So we want to pray for our students. We want to pray for them. Uh, we want to strengthen them. And I want to encourage you, too, as well, uh, as parents, make sure that that you're going to a church, a place that they are teaching your kids the Word of God. It's so important. Don't neglect that. You know, we are called to raise our children in the ways of the Lord and instruct them in the things and truth of the Lord. And we see that clear command that has been given to us. Uh, but, you know, we place an emphasis on education, and that's important. Of course it is. Uh, but we don't want to uh, neglect them coming and learning the Word of God in truth. You see, two things that we can give to them is that we can give them God's love and God's truth. The world isn't going to give them that. And so we want to make sure that they get grounded that they are loved, that they know the truth of God's Word and the Gospel. And so I want to remind you, go to a church that has you know, a, a, a children's ministry that is committed to teaching them and loving them and growing them in the things of the Lord and the Word of God, not just where they're being entertained or um, you know, uh, we don't want to consider it babysitting, not at all. Uh, it is a ministry, and one of the things that has been placed on my heart is the importance of, of having a good, dynamic children's ministry. And uh, and that's what we work very hard here at Calvary Chapel. We have volunteers and we have staff 
for both the toddlers and the, and the children's ministry, the youth as well, that uh, our emphasis is to love them and give them God's word. And, and, and so that is so valuable in their lives. We had a high school retreat uh, that took place this last weekend up in Estes Park. We had a number of high schoolers that went up and, you know, there was commitments made to Christ. There was commitments to walk with him. It was so rich and it was so valuable and uh, so glad that we can be a part of their lives. So uh, as we start school, don't neglect, you know, the spiritual side of it because um, they get busy. And I understand that. And with sports and activities and things that are going on, but make sure that they're staying plugged into a place where they're being enriched and blessed by the things of the Lord. So just want to pass that along to you. And and if you're in the Greeley area, we'd love to be able to be a part of your lives. And so check us out on our website, calvarychapelgreeley.com. And Sunday morning services, we got three of them. I uh, just started a study in First Timothy 8, 9, 30, and 11 o'clock, and Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock. Always have children's ministry, youth, and all the details you can get on our website and directions to the church. So just wanted to pass that along. And again, be in prayer for our kids that are going back to school. Well, Bianca has been waiting. Bianca from Aurora. Hi, Bianca. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good, Bianca. How are you? I'm doing good. I just have a prayer request. I am going to have a birthday party in September, and of course I'm not going to mention any details on here because that's not the purpose, but I have been trying to communicate with this restaurant where I want my party to be at, and I haven't gotten a negative response from them, thank goodness, but in my opinion, they're just being a little slow about communicating with me, but maybe it's just me, so I just want prayer so that the Lord would, whether it's teach me patience or I don't know, because my birthday is on September 28th, and I just want everything to be finalized before then. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Bianca. As, as Lord, we pray for Bianca with this uh, birthday party and dealing with the restaurant, and, and I pray that they would return her calls, uh, her um her request, and Lord, that she get an answer. The Bible says, let your yes be yes, and let your no be no. And if she would get it either way, so she can continue making plans, or if she has to change those plans. But Lord, I do pray that um, that she would uh, be able to, to do that and finalize things. And uh, Lord, I just pray that as uh, she waits, um, that uh, you would just uh, work with those and prompt those uh, that she is talking to and dealing with uh, to be able to call and give an answer. I thank you for Bianca, and uh, as she's looking forward to that day, um, I just pray everything's in place, and uh, I know that you love her and you desire to bless her on that day, and uh, I just pray that everything would come together where Bianca has plenty of time uh, to be able to f- finalize these plans, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Amen. The good thing is I already have someone working on my invitations, which is good. So hopefully hopefully the restaurant will contact me soon before all the invitations are made. Who knows? Maybe they'll contact me right on time. So, yeah. Yep. Thank That's you, what you want. and I hope you keep me in your prayers, and I'll call back. Yeah. Thanks, Bianca. Yeah, call back. Let us know how it goes. So. All right. Thanks. God bless Bye. you, Bianca. Pray that it works out for Bianca, and she gets the answer soon, so she can get those invitations out. It's Katie from Greeley. Is uh, she got a better connection? So let's go back to Katie. Hi, Katie. Hey, Pastor. How are you? Good, and you? I'm doing good. You got a question for me? I do. I'm prayed all night that God would take care of that North Korean leader who's torturing Mm -hmm. his people. Yeah. I hope he takes him out. I prayed for that. Katie? Yes. Katie, do you do you have a question? The question is, I prayed that God would take him out, one way or the other. He'd do something about that. Okay, but do you have a question for me? Is that wrong to pray for that? You know, well, the thing is, is um, you know, we even talked about it a little bit. Um, is you know, I know that things are terrible in North Korea. Um, you know, I was working with um, a um, South Korean doctor that was here in town that did a lot of medical work in China and stuff, and uh, just a just a godly man. And they were actually um, years back, and I, and I haven't talked to him. They were able to you know do a little bit of work um, in that country, and you know so I got a little bit of feel of what is going on and how the Christians are underground and, you know, such a secretive country. And um, it is something that is um, terrible as we look at it. But I think what we need to do as Christians, that we pray that somehow that the light of Jesus Christ would come. And and that's what we are to pray. Uh, I understand the anger, but the Lord says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And sometimes we think, Lord, why don't you just take that person out why don't you wipe them out? Such evil and stuff. But we need to just commit it to the Lord. So, Father, I do pray that Katie's feeling angry. And um, and she's um, been praying, but, Lord, you're the one um, that sits on the throne. And no one's getting away from, from anything. And so, Lord, we do pray that somehow light would come um, to North Korea, the gospel. We pray that you would just minister um, we pray that um, there is evil and there is darkness. There's no question about it. That somehow even the leader uh, would come to you and the light would come to him. And, uh, Lord, um, no one's getting away with anything. And you are the just judge, and you will condemn, and you will judge evil and sin. So, Lord, we just commit that country to you and, um, and all those who are being affected and even the Christians. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Katie, we'll keep praying, okay? All right. Hey, uh-huh. Hey, 
Um, 303 is the number to call. 303-690-3000 is the number to call to be on the air at Calvary uh, Live. And then the text number is 720-336-0897. You know, folks, we can get really overwhelmed with the darkness and the evil that is going on around us or, um, you know, around the world. And it's hard. It's hard to look at it. And I think that we just need to be in that place of praying, standing for righteousness, um, because uh, it is difficult. And, and it certainly Katie uh, looks at that and, and uh, you know, we, we think, Lord, why don't you just wipe them out or do them in? And, and the Lord is the judge and the Lord sits on the throne and he's sovereign. And we need to put them back in, in his hands because when he says vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, He's saying that, you know, we can't handle it. We don't understand everything, but everything has a purpose, and everything's culminating into the second coming of Jesus Christ when he will come, and then righteousness will cover the earth as waters cover the sea. So, um, and that's what we want to keep in mind and keep praying. It is hard. It is difficult to see all of that. Hey, 303-690-3000 is the number to call, I believe. Do we still we have all open lines? And um, so give me a call. we got plenty of time in the show. And, uh, and give me a call and ask your question or, or give me your prayer request. I know that some of you have prayer requests and you need prayer. Um, love to be able to do that. Um, and so just going to wait for those calls to come in. There is a text question that came in, interesting text question. And we're going to go ahead and answer that. Uh, it is, I heard a preacher on TV say that it's a curse to be poor. Is that true? And uh, it is not true. Uh, it is, um, you know, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, those who um, are poor in spirit. But it's not a curse to be poor monetarily. Um, Jesus was poor. Um, he didn't have... Uh, anything but the clothes on his back that we know of. Um, he, it was the one who came to him and said, uh, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but a son of man has nowhere to lay his head. I, that's really incredible to me because he is the one um, that created this whole universe, the creator, and he didn't have a home. And he slept outside. He would be invited to people's homes. Um, but when they asked him about taxes, he says, who has a coin? And he didn't even have a coin on him. Um, and so uh, they gave him a coin. He said, render the things that are Caesar's to Caesar and the things to God that are God. And so, um, you know, it's not a curse to be poor. Um, it is the person, listen, we got to keep a spiritual, um, you know, outlook on this. It is the person who doesn't have Jesus Christ. That's the person who's poor. And, and, um, and we need to look at it in a way of the person who has the gospel, who is a Christian, whether they have little or whether they have much, they are rich. And, and so um, this whole prosperity gospel movement, I'm sure that's probably one of those teachers on TV that says that God wants you to be wealthy and, um, you know, you need to name it and claim it. It's a curse to be poor. That's not the gospel. That is not true. And so um, it is coming to Christ that we are rich. It is coming to Christ 
that we have a heavenly inheritance. And we may not have two dimes rubbed together, but listen, if you're out there and you're poor, man, you are rich. You are rich because you have Jesus Christ. And so don't buy into this prosperity stuff that says that being poor is a curse. So just wanted to pass that along. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Let's go to um, to line one to Ryan in Denver. Hi, Ryan. Yes, hello. How are you? Hey, good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's nice to be with you. I like how you handle the show, of course. And thanks for taking it over twice a week. Absolutely. It's a, yeah. it's a privilege. So, so I was reading Isaiah. I had just read the, uh, the book of Isaiah. And there's, a, there's you know several places in there. I know that you taught Isaiah on Wednesday nights out in Greeley. Yeah. And, uh, which was nice. Um, I caught some of that online. And I've been up to your church once. But, um, I was wondering, um, Isaiah preaches, um, or prophecies about salvation to the Gentiles mm-hmm. in several places about yeah. bringing in the Gentiles to salvation. And it seems right. like the Jews had still shunned the Gentiles. And I know I've read, I've heard things like they thought they were just fuel for the fire of hell. And then right. you have up into the New Testament times with Peter and Paul, when Peter was eating with the Gentiles, and then the circumcision party showed up of the Jews, and, he, and then he was hypocritical and separated himself. And so I'm just wondering if they had access to Isaiah from 700 B.C. or so, that far back, mm-hmm. how, come the, how come the Jews have shunned the Gentiles in many ways? Yeah, and Isaiah was written about 700 B.C., Isaiah was ministering during that time. and But, you know, we see it particularly in Jesus' day. Um, it's interesting that salvation for the Gentiles is spoken in Isaiah chapter 56. That's one of the, um, the passages. Yeah. Um, and in Isaiah 56, uh, we have Isaiah that writes, um, that my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Yeah. They had a really difficult time with that. And isn't it interesting that um, when Jesus cleansed the temple, he quotes from Isaiah 56. He cleansed oh. the temple. He says that you've made, you know, my father's oh, yeah. house a den of, yeah. den of thieves. And is it not written that my house shall be called a house of prayer? And it's interesting that Jesus said that because here's the thing. When it was Passover, um, the... Um, the you know Jews came from all over the world, and the city was packed out. But you know who else also came? It was the Gentiles. The Gentiles also came because they believed in many gods, and they believed greater the temple, greater the God. So a lot of them would come into Jerusalem as well because they had the grand temple that was there. And and so here they are. They're seeing this taking place. You know the ripping off of the people. You know, the religious leaders that, um, you know, were, um, you know, this merchandising of God's house. When the Word of God says that my house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations. And what they were to be was a light to those Gentiles that came. We know that Jesus, you know, in his last few days, that in John chapter 12, that the Greeks came to him. They wished to see Jesus 
And so you know that the Greeks were there. And Jesus said, if you want to see me, and he, he basically says that you need to see me in the light of my death, burial, and resurrection. So that temple was to be a light to the others and to be a light to, you know, the Gentile nations. And they had turned so inwardly that they did think, as you said, that the Jews were, you know, or the Gentiles were good for nothing but to fire, uh, fuel the fires of hell. So the early church, that was a struggle, wasn't it, uh, Ryan? That yeah. when when Peter went into Cornelius' house uh, and he preached, he brought the gospel to the Gentiles. Cornelius, that Roman centurion, and his household got saved. He goes to Jerusalem. They couldn't believe. They could not believe that he went into the house of a Gentile. And then we know that Paul writes about how there was this tension in the book of Galatians, how he had to rebuke Peter because he wouldn't eat with the Gentiles. So there was a lot of prejudice that was there. And there was the early church really struggling that this thing called the church was going to consist of both Jews and Gentiles. And and that's something that they had to work through. And, you know, there's no longer a wall separation. You know, the Gentiles could come to the court of the Gentiles, but then there was a sign that said, do not pass, you know, this sign and, and come into the other courtyards and into the place where they did the sacrifices. It was forbidden. Oh. And, and Paul writes, there's no longer a wall separation, that we're all one. I think it's important for us to realize that even today, Ryan, and I think it just reminds me that we live in a culture, we live in a society where it's so divided right now, and that um, that you know sometimes we can say, well, this group is is really saved, this group isn't. Listen, Christ desires to save the Gentiles, sort of speak. You know, those who are lost in sin, those who are are lost in the greatest sin that we can think of. And the gospel is available for them. So we, if we're not careful, Ryan, we can have the same attitude. We can think, oh, God can never save them, or we don't pray for them, or, you know, we forget that, that Jesus Christ came and died for the sinner, which is all of us, and that salvation is for all, and that's the good news. And that's that's what it reminds me when we talk about these things, um, that they had forgot that, and, and I pray that we don't forget it. Maybe that person at work that you think is so vile, you know, so far from God, pray for them, or that neighbor, or that family member, or even that person that has, you know, hurt you. I know it's difficult, but salvation is not, um, you know, so, you know, uh, to where it cannot reach or is not available for the one who will hear the gospel, humble themselves, and come to Christ. And we might look at them as Gentiles. They're, that person is not good except for to fuel the fires of hell, but Jesus Christ came to save them. So, yeah, Amen. good question, Ryan. Okay, thank Absolutely. you. Thank you, keep, Ryan. Keep on keeping with the show. I, I love your style, so thanks. Thank you. You're in thank your knowledge. You, All right, bye-bye. God bless you. God bless you. Appreciate the encouragement. 303-690-3000, Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff. Hey, let's go to Mark in Aurora. Hey, how are you? Good, Mark. How are you? I, I'm well. You know what? I wanted to comment uh, early on. Uh, there was a question about the death penalty. And yeah. um, I, 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 I felt that there was a little more clarification that could have been added. And that is, um, as long as it is done by the arm of the state, 
right, and yeah. not an individual, um, then God instituted that, right? He instituted government, right. and, and the state is the one who wields the sword, and um, as long as the death penal, penalty, which is under the state control, is done by the, by the arm of the state, um, that is okay according to Scripture. Um, yeah, and that was just kind of a, you know, we assumed that, um, you know, because that was given to Israel. That was commanded to the judges who took care of the civil authorities, you know, um, that they would determine that. And, you know, in Romans 13 says, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. And he goes on and he says, for the rulers are not a terror to good works, uh, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same, for he's God's minister for good. Speaking about our, you know, um, our uh, peace officers, but if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he's God's minister uh, and an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. I think that's exactly what you're saying. Exactly, yeah. Perfect. And yeah. I, you know All what? Right. Thank you for... Uh, Thank you for doing what you do. This is an awesome program. Thank you. Good, good. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate your comments and just kind of bringing that out. I think it does bring a little bit of clarification. And because there's, you know, some question about vengeance and all that. Listen, uh, it is justice, and and Chapter 13 gives the role of government. There is the role of government and the civil authorities that we have in in our society and in our nation. So thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Have a great evening. All right. We got a few more minutes. Let's go to Samuel in Denver. Hi, Samuel. Hello. How are you? I'm well. Good. You got a question for me? Yeah. I just wanted kind of uh, what would be a thought for portraying what idols are to second to fifth graders. I'm helping out with Children's Church and doing some highlights from the book of Daniel this month and uh, wow. going to be going over how uh, Daniel went and, uh, you know, chose not to defile himself. And obviously the primary thing is all about the, the dietary things of the, uh, the Jewish culture at that time. But I think there's also the element of, you know, the food that was being presented could have also been sacrificed to idols. So I wanted to kind of present that, right. but it's kind of like a, a big adult concept that adults struggle with, so I just wanted maybe your thought on yeah. something to kind of present that to a fashion that would reach, you know, yeah. a younger generation. Yeah, good question. I, I wish I could grab Barbara downstairs, our children's ministry director, um, because she'd probably answer it a whole lot better, but it is good, and it is a concept that maybe perhaps the younger ones don't understand because it can be a little bit difficult for adults to understand. And I think you're right. I think that perhaps that, you know, Daniel didn't eat the king's meat and uh, because it was sacrificed to an idol. Uh, it was more than just, you know, pork or something like that. But I think for an idol, I think for the kids to understand um, that, you know, to begin to help them understand that Jesus um, is the most important thing in their lives. And, and, you know, for them to understand, because parents are important, you know, kids, um, you know, toys, whatever, those things are important. But to begin to just simply understand that Jesus is to to be the most important thing in our lives and in our hearts. 
and to take it there because an idol is anything that has priority over our love for the Lord and our worship for him. And he's the creator and he is so wonderful and he's so loving and he has saved us and he blessed us. There's nothing to be compared. Maybe that's the way to go is nothing that can compare to our Lord and for them to remember that. Uh, I, I think that would probably make more sense instead of saying, yeah. you know, going into the whole, because there's a time limitation too. It's not, don't generally yeah. have a, a, a significant amount of time and children's yeah. attention spans are limited as it is. So, you know, you we have to make the, the two, it, yeah. the two together. That's, that's an interesting thing. Yeah. And we uh, want to keep it as simple as possible because those are hard concepts for small kids. But, you know, Pastor Chuck used to always say this, Samuel. Put the cookies where the kids can get to them, okay? So as you're praying through this, and as you're thinking about this, just put the cookies where the kids can get to them, and they can understand it. And I think you're you're on the right track. I really do. Okay. And uh, you said Barbara from the Children's Ministry. Does she have an email that I could reach out to her and see yeah, her get on, on her website. Page? Get on her website, CalvaryChapelGreeley.com. And um, and uh, you can go on the staff, and her email is there. Okay, I'll try and send her an email tomorrow, too. Maybe she have, has Absolutely. something to add to it. Absolutely. Oh. She's there to serve you any way she can. Hey, everybody, we had a great show. We're come to the end of the show. You've heard the music. Great discussions. Thank you, everybody, who's called in. And, uh, and looking forward to when I'll be with you next time. God bless you. Have a great evening. Thanks for listening to Calvary Live. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.